Hey everyone, you are listening to Nerdspresso, and we are here with episode two. And I just want to take a second and thank you all for uh, supporting us and for everyone who listened to episode one. If you shared it out, it, you, I, you're my hero. Thank you for helping show this podcast some love. Um, and I, it seems we had some really great feedback from from Brianna's episode, so I'm glad you all loved it, and um, I just want to thank you. So if you're enjoying this, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, download, do all of the things that you can do to help support us, because we really appreciate it. Um, So today we are sitting down with Catherine Barson, who runs a nerdy food blog called The Gluttonous Geek. And I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode because it is so different because she talks about where she pulls inspiration for her recipes from and the amount of historical research that Kat puts into her recipes is insane. And so we talk a lot about that and we drink some yummy dry out tea. We talk about their wizard party and all sorts of other fun nerdy stuff. So um, I'm not going to spoil it for you. So go grab your cup of coffee or tea and sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. This episode is sponsored by Dryad Tea. Dryad Tea was created February 2012 by a tea aficionado who also loves music. The first line of teas was created based on Pandora Celtica's music, characters, and world. Since then, they have created amazing tea blends inspired by music, mythology, literature, and just general geekery. In 2013, they added Dryad Pottery, and Ruby has been creating amazing works of ceramic art to pair with the blends of Dryad Tea. You can join their Tea of the Month Club, get a custom tea blend made, or you can shop the Goblin Market for tea infusers, enamel pins, and music. So head over to dryadtea.com and use code NERDSPRESSO. That's N-E-R-D-S-P-R-E-S-S-O for 10% off your order today. So we are getting started. Introduce yourself. Uh, hi, my name is Catherine Barsonistas. I run the nerdy food blog, The Gluttonous Geek, where I combine food and fiction, kind of as a literary analysis, but through recipes and uh, book reviews and that sort of thing. Which is amazing. Thank you. I have um, had one of your things. What was... We we met in person. We run in the same circles. Okay. Um. But the first time I met you, for real, was Dad's the Dad's Garage event. Oh, right. Yes. Um, when they were doing the... The Lobby Con. Lobby Con. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chelsea asked me to do that. Yes. Um, yeah, so. I brought three different recipes. One kind of a Cheeto sausage ball for... Was, was that what I had? Probably. Whatever I had there was amazing. <laughs> uh, also, the most recent one, I think I had um, Bulbasaur bites that had like a oh, sesame. Okay. Yeah, it was. It had like sesame marinated, not marinated, uh, sautéed greens and like little pearl mm. onions with uh, soy sauce and all. I that. think it was the. I think it was the Cheeto thing that I had. Che- yeah, Cheeto sausage balls. Yes, mm-hmm. which were phenomenal. I think I. Ate 
at least three yeah. so oh, that oh, no. other people could eat them too. Well, it was funny because I came down after the show. And, well, actually, no, I came down during intermission, intermission <laughs> and thinking, oh, well, you know, they'll just watch my stuff like they did last yeah. time. But no, ev- all the food was just gone. Just gone. Yeah. All of them. Like, but well, that's good. Yeah. That everyone ate it, everything. Oh, yeah. So. And, I mean, people took my card and I yeah, hopefully good. got some new fans out of it. So. Good. Mm-hmm. So, the gluttonous geek. Mm-hmm. Um, you told me you are a English major mm-hmm. as well as food aficionado, sort of. <laughs> yeah. So, and just all around geek. Like, I've the first time at your house and I've heard a lot about this house like your Harry Potter parties are legendary I've heard all about them I have yet to come to one I will make it happen it's annual it's annual Mm -hmm. I just haven't yet yes the annual wizard's wingding we love it it was our excuse to have a Hogwarts party but we also not we know that not all of our friends are uh, Harry Potter fans Mm -hmm. or have Hogwarts gear ready to go so you know all wizards are all, all wizards. All wizards are welcome, except for the Grand Wizard of the KKK, because he's racist. This is true. Yes. Yes. But all other wizards Yes, totally and, fine. Well, I mean, I consider Jedi space wizards. This is true. And, I mean, I had a friend show up as Mary Poppins um, last year, so... Um, Mary Poppins is a Time Lord wizard. Time wizard. Yes. Yeah. I mean... It just basically how you decide to interpret it as long as it's not overtly offensive. Right. And the main dress code is still clothes. Right. Please wear clothes. Because <laughs> so, I've been to conventions. That's all we require. I've been just, to conventions. I know how it is. Just wear clothes, please. Yes. So be comfortable, but wear clothes. It's like I, I live in a quiet family neighborhood. Right. I'd rather not have my crotchety next door this, neighbor calling the cops on we me. We are not hosting Dragon Con at the house. No. Please dress <laughs> appropriately. Yes. For um, the wizard party. But yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it was an excuse to do a lot of Hogwarts themed recipes initially. We started doing it about, oh God, I want to say three years ago. Yeah. Um, so. And, since I have not been okay. to the wizard party, yes. what kind of wizard recipes are involved? Okay, well, the first year I did four different recipes based off of the Hogwarts founders Ooh. Uh, using uh, tea and absinthe um, house teas and all that. Mm. So I was trying to make uh, little appetizers based off of the uh, areas where the Hogwarts founders were from. Ooh, okay. So we have, uh, for example, Gr- uh, Godric Gryffindor from kind of the, um, I want to say Midwestern England. And I ended up, and there, there's a lot of um, cattle as well as blue cheese okay. and uh, other various agricultural products down there. So I tried to do a kind of beef and apple pasty, which is... Ooh. Um, that sounds really good. It is. It really was. Um, <laughs> using the tea that had red currants in it. Okay. And um, kind of caramelizing the apples with it. And, Caramelized apples are so good. And uh, yeah, with also some blue cheese mixed into it. Mm-hmm. And um, there, I had these little kind of Welsh-style cauldron cakes for Helga Hufflepuff. So she's love. Mm-hmm, there, there's this kind of um, kind of dessert bre- a fruit bread called Berebrith. Ooh, yeah. So I kind of made little miniature versions of that with icing using this spiced tea, and it was so good. Uh, But Hogwarts stuff aside, uh, the following year I decided to branch out a little bit Mm -hmm. and did stuff from Hello from the Magic Tavern. like um, All right. Yeah. All right. Usador's um, Salsa of Light and Shadow. 
Nice. Which is, it's funny because I, I talked to Matt Young at Gen Oh, Con I love year. Matt Young. Oh, and it was hilarious when I met him because um, it was past one, um, I want to say, on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Wait, okay. Hold that thought. Were yeah. you at Gen Con this yeah. past year? Yeah, I was. How did I not run into you, like, at all? Because I don't think we actually officially had met by that point. I don't think... Well, we hadn't. But, no. like, we have mutual friends, and none of them told me to look for you. Which to is upsetting fair, to all of our mutual friends who knew that both yeah, of us were at Gen Con. To be Shame fair, on you. <laughs> I, did, I did go to the meetup. I did go to the, um, what's it, the streamer meetup uh, over at that bar. And I, I believe that most of D4 people were there. I would have been there, because, obviously. I, I think I was just kind of hanging out <clears throat> with Stiver most of the time. I Stiver was there. I yep. saw Stiver. Yep. How did I not interact with you? I probably did interact with you. Probably just a little bit. I mean, honestly, I'm running all over the place, because I also had... True. And, like, you know Dustin, so yeah. you would have... Well, the funny thing with Dustin, it's like, Dustin and I used to work at Netherworld together. That's how we met, like, about... Then you know Devin, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, no, like but, I said, same circles. Oh no, those <laughs> two t- those, those two used to take care of me when I used to work at Netherworld because yeah. I was I was the stone angel on the afterlife. Oh uh, yeah, um, that was in the first the year I started doing that. The Doctor Who episode with the mm-hmm. Don't Blink episode came out. The Weeping Angels. And I had done uh, what's it called art modeling before that. Okay. So I knew how to hold very still and make For it very look like very long I'm, amounts of time. And also make it not look like I was breathing because I also had the choir robe on all over that. Nice. So yeah, they no one could tell I was real half the time. It was That's great. amazing. But yeah, a lot of times they would be leads and come mm-hmm. in and check on me. They so, were very yeah. good at that. The those two boys are they take care of their people. Well, I think they were also stunt. I think Devin was a stunt lead at that point, and I think Dustin at least took like handled a lot of the technical stuff on site. Oh, okay, least, okay. If I remember correctly, um, um, yeah. Dustin, Dustin hasn't worked at Netherworld in a hot second. He was already he was already done mm-hmm. working at Netherworld by the time we started dating. Yeah, I think my last year was goodness. I want to say two thousand. 10? Oh, yeah, that's way before me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to my last year working there was 2010. That's way before me. Either that way or, before I even yeah. lived here in Atlanta. 2010 at the latest, or probably I want to say even 2009. Yeah. Um, no, 2010. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been a hot minute, so mm-hmm. it's still kind of funny that I'm still knowing these people and hanging right. out with them and all that. Right. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Netherworld is one of the greatest haunted houses <laughs> in the country. Yes, rated the best haunted house in the country, at least back yes. then it did. Located in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so if you're ever in Atlanta, uh, especially around Halloween, yes, go check it out because it's top notch. And they have year-round stuff now, like yep. escape rooms Oh yeah, and... Don't they have like a paintball course or something? Or I, laser tag or something? I don't know. I don't know. I I am so very removed from that. And I yeah. just discovered because I, I have I only the, know these things because of Devin. I discovered I have the fight response to fight or flight. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to be courteous to my fellow haunt actors and not like Not risk punch them. anybody in the face. Yeah. And not risk that happening to yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who's been slapped, punched, and kicked, and yep. all that, yes, I I have done all that. It, my gosh, can't believe oh how gosh. good that was. Um, but yeah, I uh, back to the wizarding party and the foods and, and the, the foods things. and stuff. Um, 
But I was talking to Matt Young at Gen Con. Yes. Um, it was 1 a.m. I was hanging out with the zombie Orpheus folks because mm. I've mm-hmm. gotten to be friends with them from doing recipes based on their stuff. The bar just closed in the JW Marriott. Oh, okay. And we're just waiting as the others, like, we were going to have a, go up to my hotel room for a party and, like, help use up all the stuff I had brought because I yeah. didn't want to drive that much food back down to Atlanta with me. Right. And I'm just standing there, like, about five sheets to the wind already. And I hear, like, someone, someone pokes my shoulder. He's like, hey, I really like your purse. And it's, I'm wearing a Captain Marvel purse. I'm like, oh, thank you. And I look up. And I'm like, Matt Young? Matt? Matt Young? And he's like, yeah, I'm going, hi, I met you last year at um, the show. I was the one who brought you the goodie bag of things and oh did gosh. all those recipes based off of your podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, I still use that wooden spoon you gave me. I'm like, that's a really odd thing to point out, but okay. But inside, just squee, squee. But uh, yeah, I'm going, you know, did you, do you actually do a lot of cooking at home? He's like, well, yeah, I do. And I really like cooking. I'm like, do you? When you start listing off random list re- recipes on the show, do you is it stuff you've already made? Well, no, I'm like, because that salsa recipe that you just made up on the fly during that live show tastes perfect the way yeah. it is. The spiced potato spices, the way you listed off as Usador on like first time on the show. Yeah. I mixed them all together in equal parts and it tasted perfect. Oh my gosh. So, I don't You've got something there, dude. Yeah, right? Um, y'all, so y'all need to do a partner-up episode. Oh, God, I wish. I mean, I I talked to them on Twitter, but, I mean, they're they're so busy. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, maybe next time they're in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've invited them for dinner, but they are, considering it's the first uh, stop of the tour, they've already said that. Yeah. We're going to be getting dinner that night and talking about the rest of our tour. It's very yeah. boring. Thank you for inviting us. Next time we're in town. Like, okay. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Um, that tour life, though. Oh, yeah. That tour <laughs> life. Um, and, but yeah, also incorporating stuff from, like, say, Dresden Files. Mm-hmm. Or I made, um, God, what was it? Chocolate skull, like a cheese skull or something. Oh, my gosh. Last, um, this past party. and. Um, stuff from Elvermorning so and... Uh, so everyone goes home very well fed from your parties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we go absolutely nuts. I mean, this is where we take liquor bottles and then put, uh, potion bottle labels on them. Love! It's still right on the bottle, like, what yes. it is, so they know what it is, but kind of a potions class for the drunk. I love that. And my husband's butterbeer recipe is just... Oh, man. I still need to put it on the blog. It's um yes, I'm sure everyone would love that. Well, it's not like the um, Harry Potter world stuff where they kind of do sort of cream soda based. Mm-hmm. We use root beer instead. Ooh, and it actually tastes more like a interesting. All right, because I usually don't like overly sweet things. Right, and mm. like uh, my family and I, we got to go to Universal and Wizarding World and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, this past summer, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the interactive wands. The kids got the interactive wands. We were <laughs> casting spells all over the place. It was so much fun. Um, and like, but the hit was we kept going back for the butter beer. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, I like butterscotch flavored things. Yeah. But the butter beer, it's a, it can be a little sweet. 
Yeah. Well, I know that at least at the Hogshead uh, pub um, over in Hogsmeade mm-hmm. will, I mean, kind of, not like, not really announce it, but they have something they, they like to call better beer. Where uh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's where they'll, like, you know, mix butter beer with whatever you choose yeah. to have in it. And I believe my roommate had some better beer with, um, I want to say some fire whiskey. Oh it, my gosh. And it was excellent. Oh. Um, that's the thing about butter beer. It's like, I it's served cold. I know it's Florida, but I kind of want that kind mm. of like kind of a hot buttered rum type thing. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, um, maybe kind of a buttered root beer or something mm-hmm. with maybe some butterscotch schnapps in it. I would be down Ooh, for that. Like, so... So, sounds like you need to play around with your own butterbeer. Well, I am about to start trying to make a giggle water recipe from Fantastic Beasts yes. tonight. Yes! Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, yeah, if you still stick around, we're going to try to make it. And, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like taking sort of um, uh, herbal sort of things into mm-hmm. account. Like, uh, we're going to be using dill uh, because it's supposed to represent kind of joy and happiness. Right. And... The funny thing is, I've seen uh, giggle water done before in other food blog mm-hmm. sites, but it's usually a take on, I want to say, the French 74. Okay. Which uses gin and champagne. Got it. But thing is, gin is a very... It's a down. It's kind of a... Yeah. Yeah. Um, champagne can also be... Like, it's got the fizziness, but it's yep. still a little... I love champagne. <laughs> it can still be a bit of a downer, but... Uh, I'm actually going to be doing a take on the bee's knees, which okay. is a mix of honey syrup and gin and lemon, but um, I'm also going to add, like, make the honey syrup using mead, because Ooh. honey itself is an upper. Mead is an right. upper. Yes. So We just need all of the uppers. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, like... We're talking about food and drinks, guys, not drugs. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Upper foods. Upper foods. Upper drinks. Yes. This episode is sponsored by Smuggler's Coffee. Smuggler's believes in drinking local. That's why they find barrels from some of the best breweries in their area. Barrel aging adds the flavors that were trapped in the barrel to the beans without any trace of the alcohol. It's a unique bean that makes an amazing cup of coffee in the morning or that perfect after-dinner dessert coffee. They have fun and crazy artwork gracing their packaging with themes from D&D, Star Wars, music, and more. Whether you like sugar and cream in your coffee, a little Irish in your mug, or you like to drink it as black as your soul, they've got the perfect cup of coffee for you. Head over to store smugglerscoffee.com to find your perfect brew of coffee today. This episode is sponsored by Found Familiar Coffee Company. Found Familiar is a company that not only brings you amazing coffee, but believes in supporting creators. They team up with different artists and cosplayers from around the world to bring you specialty-grade coffee that celebrates the creativity sparked by Dungeons & Dragons and other tabletop role-playing games. Found Familiar aims to do more than just provide caffeine for your groggy mornings and late-night sessions. They believe in using their platform to recognize the people that share those same passions, people that create stories, characters, and art. They showcase fantasy artwork and photos on their coffee packaging, 
and that's why you will never see any of those pieces anywhere without credit to the creators. So go over to foundfamiliar.com and use code NERDSPRESSO, N-E-R-D-S-P-R-E-S-S-O, for 10% off your coffee order today. I, I, I love doing the kind of symbol, like symbolism and uh, meaning of my various ingredients, but yeah. trying to kind of figure out the culture where... Right, which is yeah. one of the cool things about your stuff is you really take... Especially being an English major, you re- I feel like you enjoy the research part of, like, making these recipes mm-hmm. and, like, finding, we were talking about this earlier, like, going through the analysis process of, like, the culture and the meaning yes. from back then. Because, mm-hmm. again, we, <laughs> I told you this earlier, I was terrible at all the analysis stuff in high school mm-hmm. when I had to do English. It was horrible. It was the worst time in my life. <laughs> and I am so happy I never have to do it again. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we were talking about it's all about the mindset from back then. It's not. Mm-hmm. But you can also modernize it. Well, yeah. And I, I mean, the thing is, a big thing about, about food <clears throat> and nerdery, uh, geekdom, whatever yeah. the word is, uh, the way I see it is that we geeks, we're obsessed with stories mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. And I've always been obsessed with stories. Mm-hmm. And part of it is escapism. We want to feel yes. like we're a part of that story. Yes. And don't get me wrong. It's like, I've done costuming. I've done, I used to be a cast member at the Renaissance Festival. Yeah. I play Dungeons and Dragons and everything. And I, I've even like been doing role playing on AOL chat rooms when I was a kid. <laughs> and thing when is, that was a thing. You know, when that was a thing. And the thing <laughs> is, there's always, there's always a disconnect. Yeah. I mean, you can be this character, but underneath it all, you're still like Ted from accounting or something. Right. While, I mean, you're not really sword fighting and fighting for Right. Whatever. And even if you, even if like in your Dungeons and Dragons game, mm-hmm. you are just totally immersed in the story and you're there, you got to get up and get a snack. Yeah. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're brought back to the fact that you're sitting in someone's kitchen or living room or whatever, mm-hmm. like... At some point. And I, the reason why I really enjoy with food in that particular aspect is that there is no disconnect. Right. You are eating that thing that you read about. You're mm-hmm. able to share that meal mm-hmm. with that character, even though that character isn't there. Right. But the fact that you still have this thing that connects the both of you. Yeah. This physical, literal thing. Mm-hmm. It helps kind of bridge that disconnect that you find in this escapism that you right. have in our stories. That's really that that's really cool. I never thought about it like that. Well, especially with gatherings too because it's yeah. like, I mean we have our Harry Potter gathering like sure everyone can wear a costume, mm-hmm. but when everyone's able to make their own potions from bottles that look like right. potions. Right. It adds bottles. a whole nother level of immersion. Yes, exactly. So, and for us like creative types like at mm-hmm. heart like I'm an actor like I and that's one reason why I love Dungeons and Dragons so yeah. much is I love that role playing aspect of those things. Mm-hmm. And so, the more immersion that I can get, yes, the better. Oh, definitely. So, and you know that's why you go to Wizarding World and you get the interactive ones, and mm-hmm. you go around all the spots and you cast your spells. Yeah. In quotations, because you want to feel like you're a part of the story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you want to feel like you're in that world and that you are actually a wizard at Hogwarts. Yeah. Even though we none of us got our letters at 11. 
<sighs> but it's okay. Yes. We can sort ourselves into our houses all we want. <laughs> well, it's such a flexible genre, uh, right. franchise to work mm-hmm. with that. Like, you can make your own stories up with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I think we're the kings and queens of fan fiction in that respect. So. Yeah. But you don't necessarily have to be part of the main story. You just want to feel like you're part of the story. Mm-hmm. Like you're in that world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, 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 favorite D&D games that I play yeah. is a Knights of the Old Republic era Star Wars. Nice. And it's one of the best games I've ever gotten to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's run, I don't know if you know him. His name is Patrick Logan. I, I know him from D4. Yes. I haven't Logan. really met him personally. But. He is he is a wonderful person, but he is also a mystery of a person. Okay. But, oh man, can he write a story. That's cool. And he can world build. Like, Very cool. no one's business. Like, you think he's good on D4 mm-hmm. as a DM? Like, the we have so many side quests, and yeah. there's just, like, layers and layers and layers of mm-hmm. stuff to do and consequences and stuff. But I, this game, we, we, we play with a bunch of other Star Wars nerds yeah. and they get real into it. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of our cosplay friends. Yeah. Um, uh, Ned Cox. I don't know if you know no, Ned and Margie. No, I don't. Um, and then we have, we have a couple of others and this is like a three year long game. It's been broken up into episodes, but we, we'll play seven, eight hours, and mm-hmm. I literally feel like we're on Mandalore nice. fighting oh, man. stuff, and we're really there fighting the Sith Lords. Like, there's such a level of immersion that is mm-hmm. very pleasing to my inner creative, and I love my characters so much, mm-hmm. and I just, I... I'm just like, when can we play Star Wars again? When? <laughs> when can we when can we play again? Mm-hmm. Because this is like I don't want this game to end. Yeah. But it is that level of like escapism and oh, immersion. Yeah. Well but it's, it's collaborative creativity. It is. In that respect. And that's why we also love doing our wizard party so much mm-hmm. because my husband is a former theater technician and it gives him a chance to play around with his 3D printer. And right. Decorating the house and building props and everything. I mean, um, he's made, I want to say, most of our wizard wands in here. Uh, That's amazing. I know we're looking at them right now. Well, uh, we're looking at two of them. Um, There's one, his, um, he made up a wizard, um, Hogwarts shop teacher for, Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Aloysius, Aloysius Landbor. Alborland. Um, I love that. Oh gosh! I, I will show you the apron. <laughs> Home later. improvement is a staple of yeah. my childhood. But he found this—he found this flannel robe. Oh at, my god! Are you kidding me? At um, Goodwill, that he took out the lining of and turned it to kind of a wizard coverall robe. And he has this large apron that he's put like alchemical sigils all over. Oh my gosh! And the the wand he made is a hammer that comes which apart. Which we're looking on, which we're looking at right now. And there's a screwdriver inside of it. No, no, there's not. But yeah, it's a hammer that he he just took a sand or two to get all those cool kind of tapered That's edges. Amazing. Um, and see the one at the bottom, um, the acrylic uh, handle. Yeah. He also makes tobacco pipes. Oh. And he was trying to make uh, an acrylic pipe stem, and Ooh. the drill he was using broke inside. Oh no no. Inside of it, so I'm just going. Well, it's such a beautiful piece. Maybe you can just 
make a wand out of it. Right. And he totally did. And um, it's gorgeous. And like right now, like the sun is like shining across the, the mm-hmm. wand rack holder yeah. thing on the wall. And you can see like it's a little translucent. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. And it's that's the acrylic, yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh but yeah, I mean, um my husband and I like to collaborate on a lot of various visual and, and sort of things and um, it's kind of our exercise, our yearly exercise of creativity. Mm-hmm. I mean, me with the food, him with the decor. And it's kind of a big release of that yeah. in a way we can share with our friends. And and that's really cool that that's something that not only as creatives that you can do together, mm-hmm. but as husband and wife, yeah. like you enjoy, like this is our, this is our creative moment. Well, I mean, I used to do a, a Game of Thrones premiere dinner called Thronesgiving. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I've heard of that yeah, one too. It was like six <laughs> six courses based. Oh off, my gosh! And I would go to like, and I would try to base it off of the season prior each time. Yeah, and yeah, um, I learned a lot of things like how to cook for about fourteen <laughs> to seventeen people in a short period of wow. time, and also um, pot. I, Stainless steel pans that you have in the oven are hot. Do not grab them. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I when I first started this blog, it was kind of a... Part of it was I was helping my roommate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had her nerdy um, fashion blog. Yes. And she, the lady nerd. Yes, the lady nerd. And she was trying to teach herself to cook, so she wanted to do a dinner and a movie segment. Oh, okay. So... She would find recipes on Pinterest, mm-hmm. and I would cook them, and she'll take pictures of them. But it was when we did it, Anna and the King dinner okay. movie, where I was trying to do sort of Thai takes on English traditional recipes. Okay. So a Thai cottage pie with ground chicken and peanut sauce with oh my a gosh. sweet potato crust. Oh, my gosh. Um, what else My mouth is watering just listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm just going, you know, um, there's a lot, I've kind of explained that my whole symbol is behind this, you know, I, I should probably do this. I should probably give this a try. And I mean, that was back in, I want to say 2015. I was about to say, I didn't realize that the gluttonous geek blog was that recent. I thought this is something that you've been doing for a, like, I mean, granted, 2000, yeah. that's four uh, years, almost five. Yeah, almost five now. years. May in 2015 was when I started yeah. the blog. And, and so I didn't realize that it's that recent. Real? Oh, uh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, it feels like it's been a long time for me, but uh, no, I... I don't I, know, for me, yeah, I thought it, like, you've been doing this for just... Well, I'd been doing cooking for a while, but nothing mm-hmm. really all that formal. Like, um, Val and Brew had a cookie competition yeah. way back when that I got into my whole creative competitive, like, I'm going to win it, dang it. Um, <laughs> and you yeah. make the best cookies. <laughs> well, like, the first time I think I made, like, um, I was trying to put together a Willy Wonka-based cookie off that strip of gum. Oh, my like, gosh. Do a pinwheel cookie. But the <gasps> thing is, oh I, my gosh. I used the wrong base cookie recipe. No! And... It baked out all of the flavors. It oh, tasted like... Oh, that's a, a bummer. It tasted like a plain vanilla cookie. Oh. And I'm like, well, I just threw out the rest of it and oh. just started making my bourbon 
cayenne chocolate chip cookies with bur- oh, my cayenne chocolate chip cookies with bourbon caramel icing and said it was um, that it was uh, Gambit's Raging Cajun Cookies. Oh my gosh, that is the greatest name for a cookie I've ever heard. But I actually Raging Cajun Cookies. However, I remade it for the blog. Uh-huh. So they were sandwich cookies with mm-hmm. bourbon, bourbon caramel frosting on the inside. Ooh. And with a call, like you take those little card stencils and uh-huh. I called them Gambit's Flaming Aces. That's amazing. Um. But like, that's so cool that stuff like that has like an evolution as well. Oh yeah. Of like, you started with one thing. Mm-hmm. Of just like... Like, it wasn't even what you intended. Nope. But it turned into this... I won... It, it turned into a thing. I won Best Tasting, that um, that first competition, and then I decided, well, for X-Men Month, because I, I run... I work with a bunch of other nerdy food bloggers. Uh-huh. There's quite a few of us. Um, and we have a group called Fandom Foodies, where we do monthly mm-hmm. recipe link-ups. It's been a while since I've participated, but it would... One of us would host, and then mm-hmm. we would just put together all of our, like... The theme this month is X-Men, or yeah. the theme this month is Firefly, or whatever. And cool. Yeah, um, I think it was when we did Redwall-themed recipes that that came okay. together. Um, if you've ever read uh, Brian Jock's Redwall series, but... I don't think I have. It's a fun series, like, um, kind of, like, anthropomorphic mice. Since, well, not Ooh. even full-on anthropomorphic. We're talking, like... Mice that just happen to walk on their hind legs in kind of a medieval setting. Interesting. That share this abbey with this with a bunch of other woodland creatures <laughs> that are all like proportioned like the woodland yeah. creatures are. But yeah, they talk about these just ginormous feasts that they have at these. All right. Yeah. While they're being invaded by predators and all sorts of stuff. And it's... That sounds like a very interesting book series. It's a fun series. And it's interesting. Um, I I read an article kind of analyzing the food that's described by Brian Jacques. Like, authors like Brian Jacques and um, J.R. Tolkien Mm -hmm. and all these other authors during World War One, Right. And World War Two, And a lot of it has to go down to rationing. Yeah. When you are living in a rationing world, you fantasize mm-hmm. about the things that you could eat. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of interesting under, like understanding it from that standpoint. Right. And also why Edmund might, you know, like give up his entire family for some Turkish delight, which tastes disgusting. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have we have has anyone ever forgiven Edmund for I don't know for that? I don't know. Well, Turkish delights are I guess Aslan might, but you know Aslan definitely did. And I I mean but. for a World War Two <laughs> a kid growing up during World War Two at the time of rationing sugar was rationed and everything. Yeah. Here is this exotic um candy. Yeah. From the Middle East that you can only have like on special occasions. Right. Um interesting thing like God, I have to reference another recipe I did for... <laughs> the only recipe I did Do for Consonaria. Um, Mrs. Beaver's um, marmalade, <gasps> sticky marmalade roll. Uh, I had to kind of take into account that, okay, in a world where it's always winter and never summer, mm-hmm. where is she getting the marmalade? Right. Absolutely. So the marmalade is this prized thing in her cupboard. Like... They never bring the marmalade out. Oh, man. 
she is basically offering this giant like dessert that is filled with a substance that she is maybe only can get like once every few years and everything yeah. to these children as a thank you for coming and will you please save my world right and there's so much thought that goes into this like <laughs> the like the it just it makes my little nerdy and history loving mm-hmm. heart so happy to to like hear you be like this is the stuff I think about when I do my recipes mm-hmm. of like the history behind mm-hmm. those the like the stories and the books and like yeah. what was happening at that time and theoretically and literally mm-hmm. how would this have actually happened and yeah I mean I, I really encourage writers when they're if they're going to include food in their books mm-hmm. at all make it so it makes sense within your culture exactly but also why is this particular character presenting this right like, if if it's something that can't be easily found, mm-hmm. then, I mean, that just adds another layer of character development as exactly. well. Exactly. So it, it's like, as you're reading, just kind of take note of some of the details mm-hmm. with it. It just adds a whole nother layer of... Everything is for a reason. Yeah. And or at least it, it should is. be. It could be. It should be. Well, it, it's interesting. I have this book called, uh, what, I think, what Kings Eight and Wizards Drank. And it's this book that explores... Um, especially from a writer's standpoint, mm-hmm. um, how to incorporate food into your books or do, okay. or even role-playing game campaigns. Okay. Because, I mean, oh, we're going to have the party stop and have some deer, like they're going to hunt a deer and we're going to make some venison stew. Yeah. And it's like, well, about that. Would you? A deer, a, 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 a stand, like a, a deer will take all day Yeah. to hunt, stalk and hunt. Yeah. Then you have to process the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that, like, that takes another big chunk of time, and then it takes about eight hours of you, like, of stewing. Yep. To get that meat to be tender enough, and your long rest is only eight hours. Exactly. <laughs> and then you have all this leftover meat, as well yep. as a campsite that smells of stew. Yep. So if you're running from orcs. <laughs> Guess or what? any other predatory. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to smell your stew. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to carry all of that stuff with you. Yep. You have to carry a giant pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you using? What are you What are you cooking mm-hmm. your venison stew in? Yeah. And it, it talks about various, um, like, various parts of medieval, especially um, European medieval culture and yeah. what they ate and what was available to them, especially mm-hmm. seasonally. So, yeah, it's very interesting to kind of explore that. Um, but, yeah, I, I had to kind of take that into account, especially dealing with my Dungeons & Dragons recipes right. for my uh, weekly show, Munchies & Minis, on Twitch. Munchies & Minis. I make a tabletop-inspired snack and then work on painting a mini. That is... That's amazing. I don't always have time to paint the mini, but... Uh, yeah, I was doing this 52 Weeks of D&D Challenge, which... It was cool, but man, it drained me. Yeah. Because um, it was a fan art challenge. Oh. And there are words that don't always correspond to food. Right. Like shopping. And I'm just going, okay. Street food. Let's make this work. But, I mean, and that's not as bad as, like, say, like, injury. Mm-hmm. So, for injury, I, that was when I had to make kind of a long rest, too. Like, what was, what would make sense traveling 
as an adventurer to pack with you and also what can you get on the way right without spending any money mm-hmm so yeah I ended up making this like ham hock broth with um lentils and mushrooms and basically stuff and um like rutabaga because like rutabagas lot like root vegetables tend to last forever and just one yeah. of them can feed you enough stew for like about a party of six right um but yeah like dried legumes that's mm-hmm. much easier to transport right they don't go bad can find fresh herbs in the wild and you can find mushrooms in the wild so absolutely as people are stitching up their wounds or making arrows you can have other people foraging for stuff in the area and throwing it into the pot um absolutely as soon as the ham hocks out of it so yep yep so yeah um that kind of thought into into that sort of thing there's so much depth so much depth but it makes me so happy thank you (laughs) it's not just geeky and nerdy inspired foods like there's a whole cultural history behind every single thing you make yeah i have to do a lot of research um and also but if you like that sort of thing yeah you don't mind it you know (laughs) it is going on a new discover like sense of discovery everything i work on that's really cool thanks um yeah, and I, I would love to try to incorporate some more other uh, cultures, too. And part of it, too, is I, I would like to see more stories based in different mm-hmm. cultures so I can explore and play a little bit. And yeah. Try to be respectful as I can without, you know, Absolutely. full-on cultural appropriation or anything. Right, right. Yeah. So, all right. So, yes. now we're getting to the other part of what makes this podcast fun. Mm-hmm. What are we drinking? So I have the things right here. So you're drinking this one. Yes, I am drinking Dryad Tea's Nymph Tea Blend. Um, The description for it is that apple and blueberry notes dance playfully through this delicious green tea, much like the nymphs would dance with the satyrs in the fields of the fae. Will you dance with them? Well, I certainly am, and I can definitely get... Uh, blueberry on this tea as I'm mm-hmm. drinking it. Um, I could smell the blueberry when we open the package. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm getting mostly. And pairs uh, nicely with some honey, just kind of mm-hmm. mixed into it. I am, we're, I typically don't drink something different. I typically try to drink the same, but this one just really called out to me. <laughs> um, I am also drinking dryad tea, um, but mine is the fairy garden tea. Um, the description is Blended with the perfect fey party in mind, this caffeine-free herbal blend is sure to get your toes tapping. It's great hot or iced. Mm. And it is um, spearmint, peppermint, lavender, uh, heather, cornflower petals, and cinnamon. It smells excellent, I can tell. The spearmint alone was what drew me to it, Mm -hmm. and I didn't add anything to it, and it is excellent. Yeah, um, Ruby, um, she's the owner of Dryad Tea. She is excellent with her tea blends and an excellent person all around. I met her a couple years ago uh, at TeslaCon when she was vending up there, Mm -hmm. but she now vends at Gen Con and Dragon Con. That's Um, awesome. And she also does pottery and acrylic pours. Mm -hmm. So you can actually watch her working on her pottery and acrylic pours on her Twitch channel. Like, I wanted to start incorporating some mm-hmm. nerdy teas as well as nerdy coffees because there's so many great 
creators out there. Oh, yeah. And, and not everyone drinks coffee. Oh, yeah. And uh, also, so. if you're a fan of Dresden Files, she has a number of Dresden Files themed teas, mm-hmm. which I've done reviews on, as well as made a baklava featuring her tea Ooh. blend, Temptress. So, um, yeah, you should check out my blog. There's a recipe for it on there. Get yourself some tea. Mm-hmm. And where, where, what, what was her Twitch channel? Because I totally interrupted you before. Oh, uh, tw- <laughs> Dryad Tea. Dryad Tea. Mm-hmm. Twitch.tv slash Dryad Tea? I believe so. Something like that. I think mm-hmm. most of the Twitch handles are twitch.tv. Yeah, um, and I mean, she does giveaways on her channel all the time, awesome. too. So, well, um, I'm hoping that she will be a lovely sponsor of this podcast. But even if she doesn't, we will happily drink her tea. Yes. Because it is very good. It is delicious. So, um, so let's rewind Okay. a little bit. So, let's take it back to Kat as a kid. Oh, God. <laughs> what did Kat as a kid think she would be doing with her life? Because, <laughs> because like, not, like, everyone, everyone wants to mm-hmm. do what they love. Yeah. But, you know, not all of us think that you really can do pretty much what you love mm-hmm. as a career if you want to or get the opportunity. As a kid, I wanted to be a warrior princess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but then, yeah, I, but then, I, then I wanted <laughs> to play a warrior princess on TV. But yep. you know, I think the anxiety disorder <clears throat> really just made it very difficult for me to get into acting without just like not being able to take any criticism whatsoever. Yeah, you. My thing was, I I got into acting because in high school, I yeah. my first one act play that I did, I did set design, mm-hmm. fell in love with it. I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm mm-hmm. going to design sets. I'm going to help build them. Production designer. Here I am. Mm-hmm. Next year I auditioned, got a role, fell in love with acting. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been like, I haven't been able to leave it. Like that is my heart's passion. Oh gosh. Um, then I wanted to be a pop star. Of course. I think we all go through a, yeah. Pop star phase. Well, I mean, I could actually sing, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Part of it, I think, was the whole being made fun of growing up, that it was the wanting to be famous and, you know, yeah. show them all. But um, then I wanted to be a writer because I started writing all these stories about warrior princess type right. stuff. Did, did the writer part come hand in hand or influence the English major yes, part? Yes, it did. Uh, very much. I, I was looking at possibly... Um, I don't know, working for a publisher as an editor or something. Okay. But I also graduated in 2008, right at the beginning mm-hmm. of the recession. Yeah. So I was unemployed for about two years um, and trying to get a job, especially in the mm-hmm. creative fields at the time was just near impossible. Right. But when it came down to it, I realized that I was, I mean, I had a hard time taking criticism back then in my mm-hmm. writing classes and part of it was maturity. But when it really came down to it, I was just in love with stories. I want to be in stories. I want to create stories. I want to live in stories. And um, I didn't really start cooking so much until I had access to a previous boyfriend's kitchen. Mm -hmm. And it was mostly scavenger cooking as the, what do we have? Okay, let's cook this. And being unemployed, I would start looking at like, 
food gawker and all those yeah. kind of food porn sites. Right. And, um, but I also noticed a lot of nerdy recipes would come out and just go like, no, that's, that's, where's the actual thought on this? And, right. Um, and I realize now that that's more my style. Like, it's not everyone's style. And, no, but yeah. that's the thing is you have in your geeky cooking, you have your own style where mm-hmm. you're like, how would this be realistically approached mm-hmm. as well as like have that nerdy aspect to oh, it? Oh yeah. But, um, but then I, I kind of discovered it was between the writing, the drawing, the, um, being able to have the kind of artistic eye. Mm-hmm. And all the other creating, everything I've done before doing the food blog stuff, Mm -hmm. in culmination, was preparing me for it. Right. Between the reading and writing it, but also the cooking was, I'm, I became a resourceful cook. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I was just looking up how to do stuff, and then I, I try it. I mean, it's the, just, I need to eat. Yeah. Let's try making something. Absolutely. Um, and then I just wanted to, like, I had this weird ability where I'm able to picture flavors Ooh. and taste them together in my head. Okay. It's weird. It's re- I feel like that's totally a superpower. It's, it's, I don't know if it's some kind of weird, set, like, synesthesia or something like that, but I'm able to imagine flavors, like, if you combine this ingredient and this ingredient, this will how it, this will be how it tastes together. How accurate is that superpower? Um, I would say that. Are it, you pretty close most of the I'm time? I'm close, and sometimes what I make is actually better because I still have to adjust things mm-hmm. to make sure I get right. But even then, when I get to, like, I have to basically then tinker with it until I get the flavor I want. Right. Like where I taste and go. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's how it's supposed to taste. Yep. And it may not be exactly what's in my head, but mm-hmm. it's enough to make me go, oh my gosh, that's delicious. Right. And sometimes, like I said, it's even better than what I pictured. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to have that in your head of like, okay, this is what it should taste like if I do this. Yeah. But then, like, you have that as a starting point, and then mm-hmm. you reach that oh man, this is better than I could have imagined Yeah. when I thought of this at first. Mm-hmm. That's going to be pretty satisfying Just oh, when, yeah. you, when you get it to that point. Oh, definitely like, is. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, it wasn't until I actually had my own kitchen that I was able to play a lot more. Right. And um, I mean, it, your kitchen is pretty set up for <laughs> literally anything you could throw at it. Oh, gosh. I remember. <laughs> Like when I first moved into this house, it was transitioning from an electric stove to a gas stove. Oh my gosh. I totally burned the same. <laughs> oh no. Because I'm so used to like slow heating like pans yeah. with electric stoves that. But, but do you love the gas stove? I freaking love it now. I yeah. can't go back. Every Everyone is, is in love with the gas stoves. That mm-hmm. If they use a gas stove, yeah. I love it. Well, just now, I mean, now even like I've gotten to the point where I use cast iron for everything. Yeah. Also, so I don't have to put it away. I just I my two cast iron skillets yep. live on top of my stovetop, mm-hmm. ready just to go. Wipe it out. Yeah, move on. Yeah, I don't have to put like my really old pans into the dishwasher anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah that would basically take up all my cooking stuff. But no one, I can just like heat it up and then wipe it out. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still always learning things. Like I still watch the. I mean. I've been watching the uh, Good Eats Reloaded. 
Yeah. And going, guilty of doing that thing that Elton Brown <laughs> says no to. Oh, crap. Oh. I feel like such an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not an imposter. Everything I've had of yours so far has been amazing. Thank you. And I look forward to eating more of it. Oh, yes. Well, I believe that we have some gingerbread that I just do. came out the Yes, oven. I was about to say, you made a... <laughs> Let me see if I got this right. Uh, it's a His Dark Materials yes. inspired gingerbread. Mm -hmm. But the recipe is from 1910. Yes. Um, in the books, Ma Costa, uh, she's part of the Egyptians, which is the gold, like His Dark Materials version mm -hmm. of the Roma. Um, she gives Lyra gingerbread. And so, yeah, I was trying to find rest, like, gingerbread recipes from around that. Mm -hmm. well, like the. The world, Lyra's world, is very 19-teen, like the teens, right. England. Right. Um, so, I love that era. And granted, the recipe I found is an American 19-teens recipe, which, I mean, if I was doing English, I would use treacle, but treacle's such a pain in the ass to find. Yeah. Sorry for the, the swears. Um, oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I used molasses, but I wanted to make the spices very Roma. Right. Which the Ro uh, Roma use a lot of pepper in their cooking. Uh -huh. They use cumin quite a bit, and the Egyptians in his dark materials are often drinking ginnabir. Okay. Which um, I'm pretty sure is their word for gin, <laughs> because ginnabir is um, kind of the old time way of saying juniper. Yeah. Juniper, which is in gin. Mm -hmm. Gin gets his name from the juniper. Right. That's in gin. Right. So I've got mm -hmm. a mix of black peppercorn, juniper berry, ginger, and cumin. Ooh. In this. And I think it's going to turn out well. Well, you put it in the oven when I got here. And right before we got ready to go, you took it out of the oven. And it smells amazing. Yeah. And the, look, the top of it just looked all glossy beautiful. and beautiful. Yeah, so I'm... Like, not only did it smell good, but it was a gorgeous piece of gingerbread. <laughs> so, we are going to go down and mm -hmm. try some. Yes. But tell us where we can find you. Yes, you can find me at my website, thegluttonousgeek.com, or on pretty much all social media uh, as The Gluttonous Geek, or on Twitter at gluttonous underscore geek. Hey. Yep. All the things. All the things. So, this has been super fun. I am Thank so you. glad that you let me sit down with you and talk about all the food and the history and all of the things that you do. Well, thank you for inviting me. This Absolutely. was a lot of fun. And our tea was delicious. Yes, it was. Thank you so much, Ruby, at Dry Tea, for, <laughs> for making these delicious tea blends. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, all right. We're going to go ahead and sign off, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.